Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. And I'm Paul. Welcome to episode 92. And man, what an episode we've got for you. It's a Ghostbuster special. We have been to the cinema to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife. Unfortunately, we have no something to scream about this week. However, we will be reviewing from the vault that Paul picked last week. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters special. Welcome. <laughs> how the bloody how are you, sir? I am living in a world that full of nostalgia and I'm happy. I am happy. <laughs> I'm a happy bunny. Yeah, it's been good, man. Um, Christmassy, feeling all Christmassy, you know. Um, it's still two- in November as well, which is weird, isn't it? It's like, but it is very, very. It's like Christmas comes early every earlier every year. Well, it seems to me that like everyone's just sort of wanting to just have some happiness and joy, so they're putting this shit up. Um, well, I put some trimmings up and stuff, but didn't put no shit up. Fair enough. I watched one horror. Yeah, how, 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 how the Grinch stole Christmas. That's that's classified as a horror, right? Damn right, all day, mate, all day. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking Grinch, man. Which that's one you, you, what, have you watched though? Which one have you watched? Oh, Jim Carrey, two thousand. Jim yeah. Carrey, yeah. It's, uh, what to watch? Uh, that's so. I did watch a double Jim Carrey. Howard directed movie that one. That was good. That. I watched Man on the Moon as well. Finally, I've never watched that before. Good movie. Before. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, done done a, done a few little bits. But nothing to to report home. I also caught Hawkeye. I don't know if you've seen that yet. I have watched both episodes of Hawkeye. Yes, I have. Very clever. You know, the six it's six episodes, and the six episodes lead up to the last Wednesday before Christmas Day. So that's it's it. and it's very Christmas themed. So that's uh, you know, I thought that was quite good at Disney. Well done. It's a bloody treat. It is a treat, and it's fun, and it, it's just, yeah, it, it's just good fun. That's all I care about. What about you? What have you been up to? Not much, really, apart from watching Hawkeye and and um, working very hard. But um, obviously in retail at Christmas, you don't get much time. But no, it's been all right. It's been good. It's been a, a crazy, crazy um, couple of weeks. Um I bought a couple of DVDs or Blu-rays. Sorry, I bought, bought a couple of Blu-rays. Um, not really. Were they horror related? Not really. I bought a reissue. Of the, have you seen The Outsiders? The old movie. Ooh, I love that movie. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I bought the 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 nice 4K box set of that. It's really really nice. It's like a who's who in that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is a crazy crazy cast. Not not strictly horror, unfortunately. However. I did pick up in the sale the Criterion version of um, uh, Night of the Living Dead, which I've been eyeing up for a long, long time. Lovely. Finally went down in the sale, and I grabbed it and got it for a steal, mate. So I've been waiting for that for ages, but it's got stuffed with extras. But yeah, not much else, really. All right, tasty, tasty. Shall we um, dive into a little bit of news? News. Let's do it. Okay, I'll kick us off. I've got a couple of, just a couple of bits. They've just announced the ninth entry in the Conjuring universe is now in development. And of course, we're long awaited. We're looking forward to this one. Um, the Crooked Man. 
Yeah, we were wondering where this went, didn't we? Well, it had been introduced in the second one, the Enfield, the Enfield Hauntings, wasn't it? The one set in London. One of my faves, that one. Yeah, and it was one of the most creepiest moments from that movie. So, look. Apart from the nun, of course, yeah. Yeah, well, okay. But let's, you know, let's hope that uh, it sort of stands up to the, uh, how well the nuns. I don't know who's been directing it. I haven't got any of the further details. Just that uh, it's going to development. So, looking forward to that. Bring on the ever-expanding Conjuring Universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else I got? Um, well, okay. We need to find a location for this. It's annoying me now. So, the finale for the Chucky TV series, on, which was on Sci-Fi, has now come to an end. Uh, its finale. Uh, this week, I think it was. Um, a couple of days before the finale, they announced it's already going for season two. Yeah, I saw this. I, I mean, have you seen any of it yet? No, I haven't got Sky. I'm not, you know, I just rely on the streaming channel. So, is is it on Now TV? Where can I see this? I'm not sure. We'll have to do some well, digging. You, you've got access to Sci-Fi Channel, so you should have been able to, you know. Can, can you do catch up on that sort of thing? Know, but you could have pressed record. I could have done, yeah. You bloody <laughs> idiot. <laughs> I'll have a look, see if it's going to get rerun at any point or anything like that. I oh, know it's moving yeah. on to some streaming channel called Peacock, which I've never heard of. That's, Amer- that's in America, I think. Right. So there we go. So we need to find a place to watch this, especially now it's been renewed. Mm. I'll be on the hunt now for before next episode to see if I can get me some chucky goodness. Yes, indeed. Um, this year's fun slumber party reboot, um, after its release in America this year, is now going to Scream Factory on Blu-ray. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, which we can't get. So it doesn't look like it's got any kind of hopes for UK release. I mean, we know how much trouble the fucking getting the first one was. Yeah, true. I've, I've maybe, just maybe it might drop on a streaming service over here. Well, the other, the, the all, the other three are on Shutter Street. Come on, they should be yeah. getting that. But I think, I think we would have to wait, but I think Amazon Prime will pick it up. We shall see. But there you go. Right. That's my little bit of news. Um, I got a fun trailer, which I did, I did watch as well. I don't know if you, which was the one that you said about, but I watched, um, Paranormal Activity Next to Kin. Yes. The Amish yeah. one. I think you told me to watch, which was, very, very, very cool. I like the look of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I watched an Irish uh, one set in Ireland. No, we love our little, you know, uh, the gallows, um, not the gallows, hallows? The hallow, yeah. Hallow, yep. the hallow. There's another sort of um, law, Irish law horror movie coming Ooh, out. What's that? <laughs> Paul Stevens will be happy. Um, something called Unwelcome. And it's got mm-hmm. a it's got a, a cast of um, actors which I've seen in lots and lots of different stuff, um, including the Derry Girls, um, that weird uh, program where the two brothers, as well, that's in Ireland, like two chavs as well. They're they're like one of them's in it. And it's just a plethora of like Irish actors. Oh, interesting! It's really, really good. It's sort of like. They, these couple moved into the house. She's pregnant. Um, I recognised her as well, and I can't remember her name as the actress. But the 
Oh, this the is red one. Packs. Yeah, this is one that I think me and you spoke about recently on an older podcast. I'm pretty sure we spoke about this. I yeah, I can't, it's made by the same person who, who made. I think it's the same person who made Grabbers. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So it's made by the same director, and I've seen the trailer myself. Yeah, I know which one you're on about. It like looks a, good. In a small town in Ireland, kind of weird, kind of like eerie kind of shit going on with like they have to feed something or something it's like the be, red caps or something like that something weird that they have to feed it after so like and if they don't it will come after them or something it's, yeah that looks really really cool I'm well up for that mate I love love a good folklore tale horror well, it'll, be out, it'll be out sometime next year I mean it it it's Cole Meany's the guy that um, is in pretty much everything. He's in like so many movies in Con Air, and he's in, he's like he's the one that turns up in the car, you know, in, the, in Con Air. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and it's um, the oh, okay. It's Hannah John Kamen, which who was starred in Ready Player One and Man the Wasp. I knew I recognised her. Oh. And she's in uh, Resident Evil as Jill Valentine as well. That's quite interesting. So she's got a few things in in the pipeline. She's very cool. We like her. I'm very happy for her career right now. Yes. So, yes, that is one for 2022. Obviously, in a couple of episodes' time, we will be doing our roundup of 2021 and then telling you all the goodies that come in next year. Woohoo! Matt, give me some news. <laughs> I ain't got much, mate, but um, do you remember that little Australian treat we had back in 2014 called Wormwood? Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. They're making another one. Wormwood too. We actually really liked it. Do you not remember it? I can't remember. I've got I've got a DVD. <laughs> we we loved it. We really liked it. And apparently they're making another one. It's coming out it was, next year. It was spelled um, W Y R M, wasn't it? That's yep. So right. Wormwood Apocalypse, and it comes out is there's a brand new Wormwood sequel. Um, and it pretty much carries um, some pretty impressive creature effects, apparently. Wormwood Road of the Dead, the apocalypse one. It's like Mad Maxian. Yeah, yeah. Yes, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Did so enjoy that a lot. Apparently the next film takes place in a zombie-infested Australian wasteland where Soldier Reese has de- dedicated his life to tracking and capturing survivors for the S- Surgeon General in hopes of finding a cure. So, yeah, it looks like, it, uh, you know, a bit more Australian horror. We love that shit. All for that. All for that. Mm. Also, I don't know if you've seen this anywhere, but did you, did you see that Arrow are bringing out a special edition, another special edition, of an American werewolf in London? Have you seen this? No. So it's a box set. It's like, I think it's the original one that Arrow previously bought, brought out that we've got. But they've added um, a statue of of the trans transforming hand, you know, where it's like all stretched. It's like a model uh, on the backdrop of like uh, the London Underground. It's it's really mental. But apparently, there's only going to be a thousand made, and they're hundred and forty nine pounds ninety nine pence. Well, However, it's sign me up. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about that. I mean. I love that movie, and I like getting all the things I can, possibly, but that sounds a bit nuts. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't need the movie again, but the, the statue would be pretty cool. But, you know, limited to a 1,000, which is pretty impressive. 
also Arrow have of uh, kind of like done their roster for what's coming out in February, which is quite interesting. So they're reissuing a couple of movies. They're reissuing uh, Creepers. It's uh, being reissued in a nice box set. Um, Phenomena, which I haven't seen. Maybe one for the vault. Uh, and uh, there's another one called Deadly Games that I've not seen. And Don't Go in the House, which I've not seen either. These are all old horrors being re- reissued by uh, Arrow in nice sets. So that's February's releases. To look forward to. Phenomena one looks really, really interesting. It looks beautiful. I saw mm-hmm. that one all spread out and stuff like they usually do on their Instagram. It looks very, yeah. very nice. Yeah, yeah, they do put some lovely, tender love and care into their box sets, which is cool. But yeah, that's all the news I've got, mate. I haven't got much else, I'm afraid. Hi there, mate. Uh, you, is it, I think I can hear like some strange goings on behind you, like some spooky, spookiness. Oh my I, think God. Time, I think it's time to get on to our main review, don't you? Yeah, uh, I think so, yeah. All the rest, God bless. What are you doing here in Somerville, anyway? Honestly, my mom won't say it, but we're completely broke. And the only thing that's left in our name is this creepy old farmhouse our grandfather left us in the middle of nowhere. Why'd you bring me up here? Entertainment value. <laughs> What is that? I don't know. This one's been a long time going. I don't know how long we wait for this one, mate. Probably, what, like, literally it was originally meant to come out a year ago. Was it pushed back? I don't even know if it was pushed back. Yeah, it was pushed back. Yeah, it was supposed to be out a year ago. And it was uh, pushed back, and uh, they waited and waited and waited. And finally... Ghostbusters Afterlife dropped in theatres and obviously we took this opportunity to review it for the podcast and went to the the, the old Cineplex cinema um, and went to watch it. This and is exciting uh, as well because we didn't actually go together so I have no idea what Matthew thought and Matt has no idea what I thought <laughs> so this is going to be interesting. Yeah, so I took a sad, lonely trip on my own to the cinema. <laughs> Popcorn for one, please. <laughs> Snuck in there, hoping no one would see me. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just walked in there, and it was great. Anyway, so we're going to go into this. Let's get enough of this procrastinating. Let's go. That's what the dictionary. So when a single mum and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to, to discover a connection to the original Ghostbusters and a secret legacy their grandfather left behind. So here we have the brand new Ghostbusters movie that centers around a fairly young cast, let's say. This um, is the, the, the Goonies of Ghostbusters, right? The Goonies of Ghostbusters, yeah. It may well be. It may well be, my friend. So, I, went, I, I mean, I went into this movie... I mean, I tried to stay clear of as much as possible um, because I was really worried that, that it was going to kind of push me one way or another. And I just wanted to go in. I didn't watch that many trailers. I didn't read anything online. went straight in. Um, and I knew it was going to be a young cast. And it centers around a kind of like a young family uh, around a girl called Phoebe, played by McKenna Grace. 
obviously we have um, old Finn Wolfhard in there, which is, plays the character Trevor, and we know him from obviously Stranger Things and stuff like that. Uh, Paul Rudd as well is in this movie, which is always a uh, but never heard of him before. Who's that guy? Nah, I know, I never never heard of him, and quite a newbie kind of character that I've never seen before in in much. Called um, a guy called Logan Kim, a kid called Podcast. Yeah, good name, good name, strong. I like that. Um, but here it centers around a family that's obviously moving away to the middle of absolutely the arse end of nowhere. And they arrive at their grandfather's house, which obviously we are led to believe is the great Egon Spengler's. Yeah, I mean, you missed a couple um, who should deserve a, a mention. Obviously, Carrie Coon plays the mother, Callie. Um, well, I was going to get onto that later. But, yeah. Who is uh, Egon Spengler's uh, estranged daughter, um, who pretty much not had anything to do with him for the last 30 years or, or so. Because he's a Ghostbuster. Um, and she was uh, <laughs> actually, she's got an interesting CV. Um, she played uh, Proxima Midnight. In, oh, right, okay, in yeah. Avengers movie, that was pretty cool. Um, and then obviously Celeste O'Connor, who plays Lucky, who sort of, you know, if we're talking the foursome kids and stuff like that, you've got have Lucky podcast, Phoebe and, and Trevor, who sort of come together in this movie. Um, what I was really impressed with, right, was McKenna Grace. Did not I have seen? We've seen her in so many things. I think the first time I saw her was in a film called Gifted with um, Chris Evans. Not seen that. Oh, so it's a stunning movie. She plays this like wickedly um, intelligent young young girl who's just so sarcastic and fed up with life. But you know she's just getting on. But she's just so there's something about her. She's just so good at what she does, and as a child actress. And I did not. When I watched her as Phoebe, I didn't see that as McKenna Grace. The glasses, the hair, that was just so interesting to see her as a completely different character again. And she was in Malignant as young Madison as well. Yeah, yeah. So she's popping up in a lot of stuff at the she's moment. She's uh, haunting of Hill House, right, as well. Yeah, it's exciting. To, she's, she's an exciting young actress to watch. Definitely. Uh, and obviously we've got the action shops of Wolf, Wolfhard. So, oh, where do we start with this bad boy? I like the opening scene. That was quite interesting. Um, so it kicks off with, it doesn't really show much, but we can't, I don't know about you, but I kind of knew straight away who it was. Like, it didn't need to, to kind of like, but obviously the camera shies away from it, and do, from it and doesn't show much, but it obviously shows someone running away from something and, we get some kind of like little nods to Ghostbusters and we see some things that we recognise, which was good, but not, not everything, just like little teasers, which was good. Um, and it starts off quite, quite upbeat and quite interesting. It's like draws you in with this kind of really loud, really loud start and dark and, and a quite moody, dark Ghostbusters sort of thing. Cause we, you know, we're going to be talking about the original later and it's like, you kind of think that as a comedy, but it, it's high. It is mm. quite scary. Whereas yeah, this no, one, no, you're right. This is, it starts off quite ominous. Ominous is that a word? Yeah. Um, but kicks off with like some great music as well, mm. which I'm sure we'll talk about straight like all through the movie. Um, but yeah, great opening. A great, great opening scene. I thought really, 
really kicked it off. It wasn't slow. It's a really fast paced, which is the thing about this movie. I felt like the pacing was amazing. Yeah, totally Around, agree. Not, not one second did I go, oh, this is a bit boring now or a bit bored or anything. I was just completely, completely in, in it. it. Yeah, totally in it. Yeah. And I think from the start, with the moody start, it does not continue to be dark throughout the movie. This is quite a light Ghostbusters movie. Sure. The the horror and the scares and the jump scares are few and far between. It relies very much on a sort of like getting to, you know, a sort of coming of age Ghostbusters movie rather than a full on sort of scare fest. I think what this move, not, I don't want to move on too far, but what, what this movie does really, really well. I think when you, because obviously a lot of people are going to compare it to the, the original, which it it doesn't compare to the original because it it's completely different. This is made it's it's completely different, but there ha but but it has loads of kind of nostalgia. But it's different in the way that it's it's, it's kind of like a new generation. It's moving the story on. Do you see what I mean? Do you see where I'm so, coming from? I totally agree and. You know, you get, you've obviously got the science geek, but science is, is a little bit cooler and, you know, and it's the first one that's not been set in New York. It starts, you know, the family are in New York to start with, but they have to move, move away and move, and you know, cause he, you know, he, Egon Spengler does, you know, this is a heavy spoiler podcast, uh, does perish, um, in the first scene. So we, you know, she's inheriting this house. So he, she, she's, and she's not familiar with her father. She doesn't know what it was. She's not got any money. She was about to get evicted. So the other kids need to move and they take the house and she's hoping to kind of just literally bleed the house dry and then move on. Mm. Whereas there's so many trinkets and Easter eggs. This house is just so full on. You know, you can see where the last 30 years um is you know what's happened to egon and it's that um we sort of are taken down that trip steadily around through phoebe mainly around what has happened to him and what's he been doing for the last 30 years and it's so fucking cool some of the ideas that they've come up with and thrown about and you know not kicked us kicked anyone in the face in, in the meantime as well you know they paid homage at the same time moving on to a story that is it's quite beautiful in, in its own right. Mm. You know, it's got, it's obviously some, the, the last half an hour of this movie is special, but you know, the, the, the entree is, is very, very cool. And I, and I enjoyed every minute of it. I was laughing. Um, I love the, the on-screen banter. You know, I loved everything about it. Really. I was mm. a big fan. It's very, it's very clever in what it does. And it's, it's, Interesting to think that, you know, he sacrificed his pretty much all his relationships to kind of, we find out, to save the world. Mm. Well, let's talk about some of the little quirky bits. What, 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 what was the first thing that sort of made you, we- you know, not well up, but sort of really go, oh, yeah. What's mm. the first? I think, I think the, the music, because you know that weird kind of, that kind of weird like music i think that was the first thing because it's it instantly it just put in the back of my head that's the music, that's the same music as the original yeah straight away 
straight away, like hit it out of the ballpark. And that that's clever because it's making you obviously remember the original. Um, there's so much, there's so much in it. There's so much to just, I need to watch it again to just kind of see all the other bits. First thing for me was like when the Ecto-1 was over discovered and they found, he, he found um, half a crunch bar in the uh, in the glove oh, box. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's a fucking lovely touch. And there was a thing, there was a Twinkie at some point as well, in there as well. That was fucking really cool. What did you think about the reaction to the, to the ghosts and to it all? It was, I mean, do you think they, they, they weren't, none of them were seemed put out or frightened mm. of anything that was sort of really happening? No, yeah, it was a bit weird, wasn't it, that? I didn't think really about that. Like, she was playing chess with something she didn't know, and she didn't really seem that put Face. out. No, she wasn't faced at all by it, was she? Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. There was no the real reaction. I'd be shitting myself, I'd be yeah. moving. <laughs> there was no re- that was a weird one for me. There was no reaction, really, to the, the sort of ghosts from the kids. Whereas I'm like, yeah. hmm. In fact, she was quite brazen, really, wasn't she? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting one. Maybe it's just because she was like, you know, maybe she's just not, she seems not to be phased by much. Um, and then, and then, like, as the, as a character, as her character, it's quite weird how her mum's just trying to make her be normal even though what is normal is just like she, like she's saying I'll just be, act normal and, and and she is normal well not normal she's our own character which is which is really clever and I think that it's really weird she does a great job of like portraying Egon Spengler but not mimicking not not a straight mimic not a, like a copy it was just, it was some, she literally nailed it I totally with, agree. With the way that she she kind of just acted. Um, and it was just, it was perfect. It was not too much. And it's like, because, you know, a lot of child actors can just ham it up and really go for it. And, but every character in this just was fantastic, I thought. Just really, really good. Podcast is funny. Podcast is very funny. That kid is just, like, hilarious. It's just the, the comedy relief in it, which was, which was really, really cool. And and I think it's good to have that relationship of, of the younger children for the new generation that's coming up that's never seen, that maybe not have not been grown up with Ghostbusters, and it's a whole new franchise for for them. It's like it's, it's passing the torch from that. But what about Paul Rudd? Let's talk about Paul Rudd. He, he had a place, you know. He, he's a funny guy anyway. I like I like a bit of Paul Rudd, and you know he was. Um sort of I guess the mentor and also the enthusiastic one that's actually almost he knows about what happened in the 80s they were very much like you know there's YouTube videos of the the 80s to what we watched the movies they've now become like YouTube videos of the advert and them saving the US and and there's not been many ghosts around since they sort of they stopped doing it which is quite interesting to all this and he's there investigating you know, the tremors and stuff like that, which we find, which I want is actually one of my favorite bits when that's revealed about what the tre- what's actually causing the tremors. That's mm. one of my favorite bits of the movie. Um, but yeah, he, he did a job. I mean, I didn't. And what? He, I, get, he gets loads of points from me, mate. He's showing his classroom people Cujo. 
that. Was epic. And there was another one. It wasn't just Cujo, was it? There was another one that he was going to show them. The next day. Talking about, I can't remember now. They were talking about another horror. I didn't write it down. But I know that they, he, he, he literally coming in there with a VHS and he's put Cujo on the fucking first day and there's another one. I don't know if it was Chucky or something like that. I think I it was the way it was I just still watching it. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> go. And he's just there doing, he, I thought I sub or something like that. But I didn't see that he was going to be what he turned out to be at the end. No, no, not at all. Um, However, I've got to ask you a question. Let's see if you've got your Marvel points. Did you see the Marvel nod? Uh, he was re- reading a comic. Was he? He was reading, wasn't he reading a comic? Oh, was he? I, I did not see that. I thought he was, thought he was reading an Avengers comic or something like that. I did not know that. What did you see then? This is this is quality, mate. When he goes into the supermarket, when he goes up to the ice cream thing, Baskin Robbins always finds out. What's that? I don't... Oh, is that the nod to, his, to Ant-Man? He gets sacked from <sighs> Baskin Robbins and Ant-Man. And that was, that was, that was a clear nod. No, 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 no. He goes up to the aisle and it's all Baskin's Robbins and he's like, oh, and he takes it out and says the name of it and walks off. I, I, like, that, went over, that went over my head. Damn I, I was well proud of myself for not seeing that and I didn't look that up or anything. I saw it and I was like, that's fucking awesome. I know there was um, old uh, Louis, Louis um, jog, uh, jog, jogging suit was in, was in Target. He walked past that. Did he? I didn't see yeah, that. that was in there. That's, that's cool. what I noticed, but I didn't see the Baskin Robbins thing. <laughs> like, as in the outfit that um, Rick Moranis wears. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I I'm know. gonna look out for that when I go watch it again. <laughs> I bet, mate, I bet there's loads that we there's, didn't. Yeah, there's apparently Ivan Reitman freaking shows up somewhere. Maybe yeah, somewhere. and there was a nod in his little lab to his. Um, was he, he collects spores and all that sort of stuff. His line to Annie Potts' character. Yeah. Nice. And her popping up and was the, nice as well. And the stack of books in his house as well. It's like the stack of books in the... The library. The library, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But there's was, hundreds and hundreds of more. Yeah. I liked Blue Slimer, or Muncher, as they're calling him. Muncher, yeah. The first sort of, like... We didn't get to see old Slimer, did we? Nah. But we I, at one stage, so uh, my partner, who I was with watching it... Did turn and turn to me and said, "Oh, Slimer's got old." And I was like, <laughs> "I, I, <laughs> I was like, no, nah, it's got to be a different one." <laughs> sure. But it was cool, and their little chase scene, and it looked as cool as it did on the the trailer. I loved the new, the use of it, and obviously they've paid noms not only to the movies but also the the cartoon as well. So where they've got the extendable seat, you know that, that that's all fucking awesome. Yeah, that, that was all stuff. That was brilliant. And, and, you know, modernise it as well. Put it, put it on the little RC car. I thought that was a fucking great touch. Yeah. The, the trap on the RC car. Loved it. The, Loved. Uh, the ghosts as well. You know, the ghosts that cause havoc and stuff. I noticed one of the ghosts, um, the eyeball ghost, is, is from the animated series as well. So they brought in, like, characters, like ghosts from the animated series. You could get that one. You could get that as a character. I think you get that as a as a figure. I think back in the eighties. I think. Um, What do you think about the whole story running through it? Like, obviously they, you know, 
it's literally from the first one. It's a take from the first one. It's it's to do with Zor. It's to do with Goza. Um, you know, gatekeep. We've got the 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 gatekeeper and the keymaster and all that sort of stuff. That's 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 happening again. I kind of mm. I think that was a a nice touch and a and a real mo- remodernization in terms of what how they did it. Yeah, it was clever. It was clever. I thought because they they could have ruined it and put some just some crazy new thing. But I think the the story. The crux of the story is really clever, and I just I can't think of any way how how else you would do it. Do you know what I mean? How else would you kind of bring Egon into it and explain how they kind of like how he 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 kind of just went off on his own? Um, like you said about how they explained everything, it was just so it's really clever and not too complex either. It just made sense. Yeah, I agree, and th- there was some good. Um. It's practical effects. They used the hounds again. It was mm-hmm. nice to see the hounds being practical as well as CGI, which they got. Yeah. The, you know how dated the CGI looks from the eight from eighty four, but like you know the the the, the physicalness of the hounds, I think, were very very cool in that movie, and they they got that right again. Maybe they rushed the keymaster and the the gatekeeper scenes, but that's fine. There's a lot to fit in anyway. Um, it's it's really hard as well nowadays to kind of like put that in there because it's a bit risky, isn't it? There's a lot of risk. Even I shit myself a little bit when she's possessed, the mum, and she's like literally talking like old Zool. And I was like, I was like, fucking hell. It's like, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty scary. Yeah. And I I went with. the the little ones well so we went with the kids and um she jumped at the scene where Zool flew out of the trap where they're like sort of trying to like, open oh the yeah trap. I shit myself I literally <laughs> jumped out of my seat I li- yeah. that actually generally was a jump scare yeah definitely hundred percent because it was so fucking loud and it worked it like a right idiot and he's driving around with no windscreen for the rest mm. of the fucking thing oh, great. <laughs> So there's some great little moments here. The house is is astonishing, and we talk about what he's built in Dirt Farm. Um, it's so clever what he's sort of like he's preempting. Um, he's built this defense mechanism. So the premise of this is it's like okay, so goes the goes goes the gozarian. Is that right? Samarian? I go. I don't know. That was called Goes of the Gazarian, I was always thinking that. Uh, you know, is it's it's sort of like she's coming back, or he or it or whatever, and it's like, how do you prevent it? And he's been he's 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 run off with the all the proton packs or majority some of them, and he's every time there's sort of ghost activity, they're set to go off in this to sort of almost fight back the ghosts that are coming back through the mm. this, this underground mine uh, i love the fact that that was what was causing the tremors yeah, yeah it's clever. really cool um so yeah I, I really enjoyed that um is there anything else you want to talk about before we talk about the finale i don't think so <clears throat> um the only like this is no way a grumble but I just, I think the the one thing I would have liked um, more um, is, you know, when the ghosts are kind of wreaking havoc, um, I, I would have liked to see a 
few more different ghosts and, and getting up to mischief. But I get it because the film would probably would have been way, way too long. I just think with the budget they probably had, they probably have millions and millions, that they could have put just a couple of funny bits where ghosts are just fucking about with people. You know they concentrate. I, mean? I know what you mean, and it is, it is not, it's a slight grumble. They concentrate it's, too much yeah, on, not, the, on the marshmallows. I'm not way grumbling about it. I'm just being greedy about I'd like to see more uh, I'd like to see more of that like the go- the different type of ghosts like pissing off people scaring 100%, people 100% agree with you I, I totally think that there, there was a there was a distinct lack of go- ghosts in this one but then but then the, the original one, there was just, just there was just Slimer I, and then a montage wasn't there yeah yeah so that's we, and then and then it's this I suppose it's just mirroring that maybe yeah but I just felt, yeah, like you, I want to see more. I always want to see more. Like, you always remember the taxi driver and stuff like that. Oh, fuck, I would have watched, like, four hours of it. If it had to be, if it was four hours, I would have watched four hours. I don't think <laughs> it was long at all. Because it so, kept the whole way through. So where are the Ghostbusters now? It's set in that world. Where are they now? We get to find out, don't we? Mm-hmm, uh, we do. Winston is some CEO of a big company. Um, Benkman is... Where's Benkman? I can't remember what they said about Benkman. Was he like a like a professor or something like that? I can't. I cannot remember what they said. I think what? Benkman was a was. Because it was all said. It was all. I mean, it's it's clever again how they wrapped it up. Where obviously she calls um, Ray. Uh, Ray. That's it. Ray up, and he's he's still running his occult book practice uh which apparently um uh who's paying for it winston winston yeah winston's paying for it isn't he like yeah. so he's keeping it open for him which was quite kind of funny um but i can't remember what they said about venkman i think I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a professor um okay. yeah and but she rings the number you know who you're going to call and it goes through the red phone and the red phone is in his occult shop and he starts talking to her because they've been put in prison because they did loads of destruction and all that sort of crap so we get that sort of feel again as well um but he's not interested it's like Spengler's done the dirty on him or he's run away and yeah I felt really sad about that bit I felt really sad because it's like they were so close and obviously we'll talk about the original later but and then it's just like oh he ran away they they left him with that um, took all the proton packs and everything and like ah, this can't be right what, what, you know yeah and obviously there's more to the story but you know they're in trouble they're going to turn up and they do we always knew they were going to turn up come on everyone. but we do we learn that the house is some is basically one big trap big fucking trap a big fucking trap loads of traps in the ground and that's where you have to sort of when when goes the you know comes along you, you want to draw draw her to this pl- draw the, the draw the to this place I keep saying her but she looks like a woman doesn't she every time she comes up mm. she looks like a woman uh, but so yeah and they're, they're obviously then you get the end fight scene and you know they have a pop and then they get the Ghostbusters turn up in their gear oh it melts your heart. Mm. I had, I'm a, I had a little bit. I did choke up a little bit at this bit. You know, we get a Harold Remus ghost. 
helping DB sort of like fire the proton, get that, them all together. That for me, hands down, was the eyes watering. Just be, it was just because you knew what it was coming because the how the camera panned down her kind of proton and you just see these hands over hers and oh my god it just hits you right in the chest it's like oh my god that is such a sweet touch yeah like literally just like couldn't have done it better it's like it's just so it's just really really heartwarming and just like it just hits it up right on the head like what it's all about do you know what i mean yeah, the movie's, you know, at the end they say the movie's for Harold as well. I mean, it's upsetting because, like, you know, ah, oh, this movie, if it was made, like, seven years ago, you know, he could have been in this movie, but everything happens for a reason. Oh, it's just devastating that he's, you know, he didn't say it. But the thing is, they didn't make him, they didn't bring back old audio or anything like that. Um, there was um, a nice deleted scene we'll talk about in a minute, but, like, um it was just him as a ghost just being there and just helping out. And he does, he helps out throughout the whole movie. He's the, the one that stuck around a bit too long. (laughs) (laughs) Bit too long. All right. But yeah. Oh, that, that was, that was, that was just such a, a beautiful ending. And we get some nice one liners as well from Bengman, which was good. No, I can't even tell you what they bloody said. I mean, you, you know, um, Ray comes in with his usual speech. Goes on the Gabarin, the Duck County Association, blah, 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 you have been accused and blah, blah you know. But he learnt his lesson. Yes. Yeah. She asked him if he was a god. What did he say? Yes, I am. <laughs> I can't remember what he said. But literally, yeah. It's, it it couldn't god. have been done, any, it, it couldn't have been done any other way. This whole film couldn't have been done any way. And I, and I just think, I was thinking to myself, I thought about it, I thought, thought about it for a long, good couple of days about everything that happened, what would I want if there was more, this is like, um, you know, um, I was texting one of our mates, Jimmy, about the movie, he, and he is probably the biggest Ghostbusters fan I know, ever, um, you know, he, he said, he, he confessed that he said like, I, I would have liked to see, if it was a slight grumble, a little bit more of the Ghostbusters interacting with each other, Totally agree. I would have loved to see more of that. Totally would have loved to. But I totally understand why they did it. And I totally understand the whole reason. It didn't, ha- this is a brand new Ghostbusters film, but with a loads of heartwarming stuff that hits it on the head. That it just, it just takes it to a brand new chapter. Do you know what I mean? It's a new, this is a new breed and it's hopefully going to go on because I mean, it made, the, it's made the bucks in it. So. Gotta definitely move on. We should, yeah, we get. I'd love a Ghostbusters universe. It'd be fantastic to see. Fantastic. And let's talk about the end credit scenes. So, yeah, guys, treat to two. Shall we? This is major spoilers now. There are two end of credit scenes. If you haven't seen the movie, obviously, if, if they haven't seen it, they're mental. Yeah, but there are two end credit scenes. So switch off now for the next five ten minutes. Um, the first one cute yeah yeah Bankman's and we get Sigourney Weaver little cameo yeah that's cute with the old electrodes and stuff like that which was very very a good nod to the first one and stuff yeah yeah the the one right at the end hang on there's another one there's another deleted scene with him and 
Henry Potts as well. I thought I remember them. I remember something. I remember seeing something where there was a deleted scene where he's talking to Janice or something, or whatever her name is, the Annie Potts character. No? Oh, no. uh, Yeah, yeah. um, That's um, Winston's talking to her on the phone, isn't it? Yeah, but isn't there, like, wasn't there, like, a cut scene or something like that that was, like, from the original movies that they put in there as well with with him in it, with um, Howard Remus as Spengler? I thought I remember seeing that. I don't know. I don't see. I can't remember that. Okay. Anyway, but like the right at the end, we do get to see Winston because he's taken the car away, and he brings the car back to the firehouse, and that's where we end. It's fucking beautiful. There we go. Ghostbusters yeah. afterlife. Loved it. Oh mate, how do we rate this bad boy then? How do we rate this bad boy? Uh, it's a nine for me. Yeah, it's got... It hit the Force Awakens buttons for me from a Ghostbusters <laughs> perspective. And, uh, it really did. I mean, I'm a sucker. And it's a nine all day for me as well. Um, I'd have liked to have seen maybe more ghosts and it could have been a ten. So it's it's pretty close it's, to being... It's got it's got the the kind of rewatchability to get to a ten. I'm not going to lie. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not, when I think of a 10, it's the almost perfect movie. Do you know what I mean? And, and it is, it's, 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 it's up there. And, uh, nine breaths out of 10 for me is like literally, you know, it's tearing on the 10. But yeah. I've got to stay at nine for, to be honest. But definitely, I'm, I'm with loads you. I love to buy it. There's loads of love. Jason Reitman, you've done a service. Thank you very it's much. Justice, isn't it? Even though, you, even though you said you'd never approach and do this movie, you did it, and you did it well. <laughs> very, very good. Very, very good. Well done, Juno boy. <laughs> right then. So that's uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Draw one last breath. Nine out of ten. Go see this movie now. You will not be disappointed. Well, you will. And then, and then you've got no soul. <laughs> and then you go out and buy all the little toys of those mini marshmallow men that they're gonna they're gonna chuck out there. Something purely, that Disney, that's purely for toys, wasn't it? Yeah, something that uh, you know Disney don't own. There you go. That's a, if that's not if that's Good not point. a reason to go and watch this movie. Um, Disney don't own this one, so go out <laughs> and see something different. Awesome. That was fun. Love talking about that. Right. Our next episodes main review so we are looking to go as we do usually this time of year where horror's a bit thin we're going to go to Shudder because it never really lets us down this time of year and we found that Prisoners of a Ghostland with starring the wonderful Nicolas Cage um, is on uh, Shudder right now so we're going to watch that bad boy and see what that's uh, what that's all about we've already seen Willy's Wonderland this year we watched Mandy, you know, he's, and, uh, the other one, Colour Out of Space. Yeah, did I get that right? So, you know, this is our fourth Nicolas Cage. I know. Horror. Oh, and it's fantastic. He just can't stop, can he? <laughs> Loves it. <laughs> Got paid a bill somehow. Yeah, so we'll be watching that one. Looking forward to that. So, let's get on to our movie from the vault. 
ghosts. Hello, Ghostbusters. They're real. You do? You have? They're here. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Hey, anybody see a ghost? They catch the ghost that won't stay dead. They're armed. They're dangerous. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. All right, that's bad. Okay. All right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. They're professionals. Oh, I'm the chairman of the largest paranormal removal company in America. You see it? They're all that stands between you and the end of the world. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Your girlfriend lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. You want this body? Is this a trick question? Got your stick. Hold! Heal up! Smoke it! Make them hard! Ready! Ghostbusters. Starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis. Coming to save the world. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. We came, we saw, we kicked it. Well, I picked Ghostbusters, the 1984, so we just talked about the first one. And we did very well, I thought, by not talking about any uh, drawing comparisons, because we're going to be talking about the original 1984 Ghostbusters right now. Three para-psychologists forced out of their university funding set up a shop as a unique ghost removal service in New York, attracting frightened yet sceptical customers. That is the IMDb thing. Okay, this movie stars Bill Murray as Dr. Peter Venkman, Dan Aykroyd as Dr. Raymond Stance, Harold Remus as Dr. Egon Spengler, Ernie Hudson as Winston Zeddymore and a bundle of others. We get a supporting cast as Sigourney Weaver, as Dana Barrett, Rick Moranis as Lewis Tully, and of course Annie Potts as Janine Melenitz. Directed by the uh, father of recent Ghostbusters advice, Ivan Reitman. This was written by Dan Aykroyd and, uh, and Ivan Reitman, wasn't it? And Harold Remus. And Harold Remus. No, it says Dan Aykroyd and Harold Remus. I mean, this is my my youth. This is this is what I watched as a kid. This is the eight. If anyone says the eighties, what eight? What what is eighties to you? Monster Squad, Ghostbusters, Goonies. You know, it's Ghostbusters all day. This is a staple, and there's a reason for that. And I haven't watched this for a few years. I had so much bloody fun. Can you remember the first time you watched this bad boy? Which Christmas was it? <laughs> yeah, it certainly wasn't at the cinema, unfortunately. Um, 
I can't. I, I, I'm not. It would have been. It's a shame. I thought you'd have been old enough for that. I probably was. When was it? Eighty-four. Yeah. I mean, it was a 15 it was a 15 though wasn't it was it 15 so, I think it was a 15 no nah. because it was before 12 came out so it had to be I think it's a 12 now but back in the day it definitely would have been a 15 really yeah because we didn't have 12s back then if you remember the first 12 was what we had this fact I think it was Batman Batman, uh, Batman was the first oh, okay. 12 ever wasn't it jeez blow me down I suppose but, yeah there are things in it yeah we're counting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god! I, you know, I was one of the kids. I used to play Ghostbusters as a as a kid, and oh, mate, all day. And I went to see Ghostbusters two at the Savoy Cinema in Swindon, yes. and that was out. Yeah. yeah, I definitely went and saw that one. Definitely. But then there was the obviously the animated series that you must have watched as well, the real yeah. Ghostbusters Saturday mornings. This is brilliant. This is fantastic. I had Absolutely the ca- I had the toys. I had like you know. I, Remember uh, Egon Spengler's for some reason being blonde. I don't know, blonde yeah, hair. Blonde. Yeah, in the cartoon, yeah. though, wasn't he? Yeah, and the eyes came out. You know, yeah, all that they, they changed. They're fucking Slime great. Slime came with like little food as well, like yeah. like a little pizza and a little steak thing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, mate, literally, I can't even imagine how many times I've seen this film, and it, it's the same for me. I'm, I haven't gone back and watched this for a long, 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 long time. Long time. And it was great. It was great fun watching it. Great fun. I laughed. I thought the pe- the, the the you know to get the out of the way the pacing in this movie is just the re the reason why this is. I'm just trying to look for reasons why this is still so good now, and it just works from the comedy, the pacing, from the scares, from the it's it's still it's still a a horror movie at its heart. It's not a you know it's not an all out comedy. There are some nice scary little dark bits i just see it's just so unique back in yeah. the day it was so unique it was um, a, it's a it's a strange movie because you couldn't just label it you're right you couldn't just put your finger on and say yeah it's comedy because it's not an out and out comedy it has got horror elements in it and it is you know it, it is classified as a comedy genre film but it's got that supernatural feel to it it's got a you know, sci-fi feel to it slightly um yeah, and I, I just, it, you're right. It's the first of its kind. It's just, it was just done so well. Fun, unique. The quirky one lines you get, the camaraderie between them, the the outstanding Bill Murray at, at his absolute prime. Mm. You know, Dan Aykroyd just coming off Blues Blues Brothers, I think. Mm. You know, they're just fucking. It's just proper. It just smells of eight. It's just reeks of eighties. <laughs> this is what eats eighties is. I mean, what some, about? Carol. Now this is some like one of my like a fucking funny line even at the start, the library and all that. The library scene, which is there's some scary bits in that. That's what I was just going to talk about. Music. That library bit. When I was a kid, I used to sh- fucking be so scared of that bit because I forgot. Because obviously, when the librarian sees it, you don't see it. Yeah. And I always forget that. Like, she doesn't see it. I was like, have they cut that? Is that like... And then, <laughs> you, then you forget it's them that go and see it. But, like, the, the fucking music in this, just that eerie music when she's walking and the, and the books go behind her and, and all the little things come out. Of the, like, I was like, fucking, what about the poor bastard that has to pick all those up? <laughs> um, I remember always thinking that. 
Imagine trying to put all that back in A to Z. Um, but yeah, it, and then when you, like, that whole scene where they actually go, get her! <laughs> that, when they're procrastinating about what to do. Yeah. <laughs> what should we actually do? Oh shit. Oh yeah. Get her! <laughs> she, like, sh- she, sh- she shushes Venkman. Oh yeah, she shushes uh, him. Yeah. But there's a beautiful line that um, Ray says, which I just think is just like it's just his great boyish, his boyish nature yeah. to him because he is literally the he's literally the most enthusiastic person in the world, which I just thought he brings that sort of boyish enthusiasm, and he's oh, like yeah. big time, and he goes, "Listen, do you smell something?" It's <laughs> like. What? <laughs> Don't you think that's just so weird? He's just like because he's obviously completely just like on a high, and he's just saying he's like, "Listen, do you smell something?" It's yeah. a juxtap- it's a juxtaposition. It's not. It's, it's a sentence that shouldn't be there. It's fucking yeah. nuts. But their whole investigation is so much fun, and then it's like the but there's so many little montages and and like bits like and beats like. We're going to actually do this. We can actually catch ghosts suddenly now. That's suddenly what they can do, and they get <laughs> it is outrageous when you actually think of this. Yeah, story. although it's it's like they're actually they've gone to the bank. They he's got rid of his remortgaged or something his his family home or whatever. I don't know what it is. To just to get the money to somehow afford this massive building, and that on a whim that somebody's going to want. Ghosts in court. But it's their negotiations. It's like, it's, again, it's like that whole thing. But they've just literally proven that ghosts exist and then suddenly ghosts are popping up everywhere. Oh, we can catch them. I can make, I can build proton packs. What? Because the, te- the science doesn't exist. Fantastic. That, that's going to happen. Uh, where do we keep them? Oh, just put them inside of a fucking wall. You know? All this high tech stuff. We're, we're, we're obviously talk about Peck later, but like he's kind of right. The EPA, you know, what the fuck? You, you haven't really. What have you done? What have you done? Where are you putting all these ghosts? They've <laughs> <laughs> really fought out. It's fucking genius. It's just, it's just hilarious. Um, they're obviously going to have to build another unit at some stage. They must have. That's that must be in their plans to build another containment unit at some stage, but. It's genius the way they go into this firehouse, which looks oh just so stunning. And, and you have you visited outside? I have, yeah, I visited it. But when I visited it, I had all scaffolding because it was being re- redone, which I was a bit gutted about. But well, I, I visited a couple of the other locations, like the church. <laughs> you know, don't step on that church. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I visited a couple of the other locations, like the library outside the library and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I do want. I would like to go back and visit there because they got the like graffiti you, you outside. Did you yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I got lucky. It was clean. It was tidy, and it's you know it's in the middle yeah, of nowhere. It's such a weird know. place to get to. Um, but you got like the Ghostbusters sign outside, like on the. Paper. Apparently, there's two locations because they shot like two, two different over two different locations. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, I went to where did I go? The one in the financial district. District. So it was cool. Um. The marshmallows throughout the movie. The first time we first time we see Stay Puffed marshmallows. Was it? Is, there's, there's one where it's on the side of a building. Oh, okay. Abbott, and then there's one in Dana's apartment. Yes, yeah. him on on the side. Yeah. Saw that's that because there's little references all the way through in there. That's a freaky ass scene. I didn't. I didn't even realise that when I was a kid. 
What? Oh, no, of course, I wouldn't have picked up that until now, but, like, the fridge scene, man. But then again, right, it is is quite scary. But why why is it in that fridge? (laughs) Fuck knows, mate. Hang on. It's like, where where should we put this kind of, like, where should we keep them? Let's have them just turn up in the fridge. Yeah. (laughs) It's just batshit when you think about it. But you don't even think about that. It's just—it's one of those things you just don't think about. Don't think, oh, that's weird. You just think that's fucking scary, because it is quite scary. Yeah, definitely. Happens. Like the whole thing is like paranormal, and it's got that mm. edge to it. And then mm. you see it, and it's like the, the the whole thing that gets you is the music. It's like really sort of grabs you. It's so clever the turn of pace that they do, and they get that sort of energy from um, sort of being a bit jokey and a bit kind of fast to kind of like oh there's well, that, that's what it is isn't it i mean just literally right before you get that comedy thing where rip moran shows up is fuck it he is phenomenal isn't he it's just like yeah as it's just that comedic timing he's got he just keeps i mean he just keeps shutting the st- door on himself like every yeah. time he comes out of his apartment that running, it's just it's those little running jokes and stuff that keep you going. And yeah, you're right. He's a motor mouth and stuff like that. And he's just he he is fantastic. He is absolutely fantastic. He's brilliant. But we got we also need to talk about obviously when we watched this, we were young young wee boys. How fucking sexy is Sigourney Weaver in this movie? I can't even go there. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. just remember as a kid. Um quite young kids obviously seeing her like she is having these strange feelings i'm not talking about boners i'm not talking about those sort of things but the strange feelings is like you know it's like she's attractive kind of that i think that that might be one of like literally one of my first memories of being attracted to the opposite sex for me i think because it was she just plays that character as like it's just yeah, that's all all thing that got me all stirred up when I was a little young boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, out come the plastic bags. Um we're this is probably one of the first fifteens I was allowed to watch. You know, as a family as well, we watched this. It wasn't like um, you know, sneaking off to watch it around someone's house. This was no, like no. my it's parents a wanted us, movie, yeah. yeah, they wanted us to watch this. It was fucking ace. Um the first call, man. The first call. Yeah. You got one. I, I, oh, shivers down my spine. It was so good and so much fun because they're just like so downtrodden. Nothing's happening. We have that little beat where, you know, there's lots of flirting with, well, Egon and, and, uh, Janine and stuff like that. And obviously Venkman and stuff like that just sort of making himself professional. It's like, do some, do some typing. We're paying you for God's sake. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, they're just sitting down and they get to use the, um, the fire poles, and it's like, and then the that sound is like it's weird, isn't it? Because that that sound is like you don't hear it. It's not like a, it's not an ambulance, it's not a fire engine, it's not a, it's just a, it's its own original sound. It's synonymous with the film. You hear that, and it's just like that is Ghostbusters, and like let's fuck. We didn't even talk about how fucking cool their outfits are. Like how cool the proton packs are. It's just like the design of them are just th- that bit in the elevator when they're going up and they just like switch me on. It's like that sound where it goes, Pachoom! 
powers up it's, just, it's so cool because when I again when I was a kid I just so badly would have loved an outfit like that I think my, me and my friend Chris Scott at the time we were obsessed with the real Ghostbusters we actually made them out of cardboard we <laughs> literally made them out of cardboard and like uh, out of boxes and stuff and put them on our backs and like it was, it was crazy because we were that obsessed how cool they were there was a little yellow one if I remember rightly with like that. yeah I think so. There's like a little yellow and blue one, I think, that went over you as a backpack. That I remember as well at that time. But yeah, the Cedric Hotel. And is the Ecto-1 the coolest car in movie history? It is up there. Not it's as good fun. as DeLorean, but it's close spot. It's close second. Ooh, it's up there, mate. It's got to be. It's, it's top five. Has to be. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. Um, the Sedgwick Hotel, though, Slimer. <laughs> the, let's talk about the smoking. Yeah, I know. I, that's another, I've got it down here. Loads of fucking smoking written in my book. <laughs> Literally every five minutes, I've got a fag hanging out of their mouths. Yeah. That's like crazy. It's like you forget how much you don't really see that in movies nowadays that much, do you, really? No. But he slimed me was a great line, obviously. Apparently, that was ad-libbed. As well, that's how that's how that came up from Bill Bill Murray's mouth. Yeah, it's 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 so so much fun seeing the first time the the um, the proton packs get used and stuff like that, and seeing Slimer and seeing them the first time. Oh, the amount! It's just what you'd want to do. It's just like you go and the amount of like damage that they do. Oh, it's crazy. They must they must have done about probably about. 20 grand's worth of damage. And I they think they're charging £5,000, don't they? £5,000. Yeah, I don't know if I ever noticed this before, but obviously Egon's like, how, uh, you know, three, four, and he's like giving him, giving Venkman his, because obviously Venkman does the negotiating and, you know, he's the one. And obviously he's, he's, the, he's the one, and he, he's the one that, he's the one that, that's got the fucking skills to, to <laughs> and, and, like, he's the bargain person, and he's the one that's the forefront. The other two are obviously the brains. Well, yeah. Um, and obviously got the money in for, for Ray. Yeah. But obviously when Winston comes into it, it's fantastic. As soon as he comes in, hired, chuck him some, You know, because as soon as they do one, they just get, they suddenly get calls left, right, and centre, and you get this beautiful, like, 80s montage. I fucking love right. a montage. Right. Another montage, right? But we, we have to talk about the fucking sucking off scene. The dream blowy. I wrote it. What? <laughs> the dream blowy. <laughs> dream blowy. Yeah. Was it a dream? Or was yeah. It a or was it a, no, a ghost visit in it? No, I think that was a dream. It's a dream. Yeah, he's, dressed, he's dressed in like a yeah. captain's outfit, isn't he? It's, it's a dream. He falls off the bed. <laughs> and then his belt goes... Yeah. He's like, he's, he does like, he does the old eyes, like, cross eyes and <laughs> Some saucy bits in this one, mate. Off in the film. Some of the flirting, you know, it's, it's funny. <laughs> Weird. The dream blowy. And then we get Walter Peck. The fucking best douchebag. Like, I can't remember his actor's name now, but. Is he plays the? He's so good at playing douchebags. Apparently, even now he still gets loads of people like 
tell him to fuck off and stuff in the streets. What's the well? What the line later on is like? Yes, this man has no dick. Yes. <laughs> but the Twinkie metaphor I wrote as well. Why did I write a Twinkie metaphor? Oh, the Twinkie metaphor for the uh, end of the world. Right, for it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. But yeah, when Walter Peck comes into it and he's like, oh, "You got to say the magic word," and he's like, "He's basically a, an asshole," but kind of like. Obviously, you, 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 it's like corporate America and you get these people involved, you know, it's the city and they don't really want to tell people what they're doing. But at the same time, maybe you've got a bit of responsibility as well, Bankman. Mm, true. Not very risk adverse, are they? And but what, then you again, know. you don't, you don't go turn switching off things that, that do contain these things, do you? Yeah. Like that whole thing between Peck, the cop. Venkman, and I think Egon's there as well, isn't he? Yeah, well, Venkman comes down a bit later, but it's mainly it's Egon and... Uh, cause no, at this stage, they've got um, Rick Moranis as the... Oh, yeah, yeah, As well. Yeah, yeah. So they've got, forgot about all that sort of stuff, because we get... After this, we get the... You know, because this does move on. It moves. This movie does yeah, yeah. move. And Fast pace. Yeah, we get the, the... You know, Venkman's got a date coming up. Oh, yeah. And... You know, he's going to visit um, Dana, and she's been... Oh, the fucking chair, man. Yeah, the chair. Like, that That did freak me out again when I was a kid. That, was, that is creepy. The door, the, the the big dog in the door, you know, where he's pushing it. That is a good, good scene in mm. terms of, like, ghost, ghost, spiritual. I love that. I think that's fucking ace. It is a crazy scene. It reminds me of that bit of, um, out of uh, Dawn of the Dead where all the hands come out the wall. Yeah, totally. And um, when he comes in, she is fucking naughty. She's she's gone up a level, isn't she? But this is a weird thing because you think you think throughout the film. Sometimes when you when I watch about him, Bengman's a little bit of a sleaze bag, isn't he? He's a little bit naughty, but then you kind of realise he's actually quite a good bloke because. He could have had his way with her because she's like, he, he's like, I am the gatekeeper. <laughs> like, because originally he's like, no, she slams the door, doesn't he? And then she's literally coming on to him like the strongest ever. And fair play to him. He doesn't well, like. She actually know. says, I, you know, I want you inside me. You know, <laughs> naughty, naughty. So that was fucking good. But then. And again, that, that's fucking scary when she, when she talks. Mm. There is no Dana only. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, again, Louis, you know, Rick Moranis' character, mm. the fucking, I love that scene in the, his apartment with all the accountants. I think that's fucking so good. You know, and he's there just like literally telling everyone's business and stuff to that, everyone else. I'll tell you another thing. It's not in my Matt's facts, because I'm going to tell you. That whole scene in his apartment, apparently that was all ad-libbed by him. How fucking good is he? He is just genius, Isn't it? and it's like, and it was one long shot. Apparently, it doesn't doesn't break away that whole scene. Just brilliant. Very yeah. very cool, and like the dog chasing him through Central <laughs> Park and all that sort of. No one giving a fuck. And no. he's banging on that thing, and everybody's having their dinner, and it's like he's getting like right after by this big fucking dog, which the CGI is a little bit dated. I love the puppetry stuff, however the 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 animation stuff's a little bit dated now yeah, but agreed but 
but they do the but then it was fucking amazing though yeah. <laughs> like we would have been like oh my god still don't know how they you know back in the 80s and stuff like that, the, the animation so it's kind of shit but it's also kind of good like slime is really good and stuff yeah, like that slime is fucking they, they, but again they do... mostly slime is a puppet it's a yeah. man in a suit so mostly it's, it's interesting some of it and I, I know what you mean is you, when he when the dog sort of jumps out of the <laughs> the apartment and sort of hits the wall is that's yeah. a bit ropey and then when then, then they cut back and it's a puppet and it's in the, in the it looks yeah really cool. it does look cool as a puppet yeah um but then we get the key master he's the who's he is he the gatekeeper or he's, he's the key, key master isn't he he's, he's the, the key master key master and she's the gateway uh and then you get the interrogation with the head the the sort of cool thing on there on his head and he just starts yes have some and he's like yes have some and he's like the repeating he's just like <laughs> yeah. muppet and what's his name um vince something or other he's got a weird name like zool she's zool and he's vince drogo or something like that. that's fucking cool <laughs> but you're right the epa bit shutting down it's just nuts and boom and that music it's that is where the movie just kicks into another level that fucking ghost montage and stuff yeah again though like there is i i always remember there be that bit being longer but it's quite short isn't it there's not much like the, you get a couple of ghosts you get like the taxi ghost um the ghost that comes out of the subway with the kind of long arms yeah um yeah there's not not a great deal I just remember it being longer, but I think because I've watched so many episodes of real Ghostbusters, I just think <laughs> the ghosts have all got like, you know. but yeah, like, I, I, like when they're in the prison and stuff, and the mayor comes, the mayor's coming, and it's a, oh, and like that whole interaction with the Pope's really weird. <laughs> yeah, fucking, but like, yeah, get him out of it because yes, it's true. This man has no dick. I love that <laughs> bit. I love that bit. Um, just keeps him calling Pecker. Yeah, and then it just—it it just feels so good. Like they're coming to the rescue. It does. Yeah. They are coming to the rescue. That you, of, of, and they don't really know what they're doing. But again, <laughs> Venkman talks them around, and he's like, "Well, you know, if we—you've got nothing to lose. If we win this, you'll just get elected again." And again. it's like, hmm. He—he's <laughs> he, just got the talk, isn't he? He just knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, totally, and then we get that. Then we get the, you know, we get the funny stair climb. That's, that's always quite funny. Like how many stairs? Oh they have God, to climb. yeah. And they're not. They're, it's like they're not firemen. They're not police. They're like you know, fucking four scientists and stuff like that. And they're like suddenly trying to save the city. And then they're, they're not the heroes, really, are they? It's funny yeah. as fuck. They're not fit. They that smoke build, a lot. That, that building f- is cool, though, isn't it? That fucking like, there's, there's, there's that building is fucking awesome. It's shot so well. I think one of the things, well, Winston's really comes into his own in the mayor's office as well. He has some, he's like... I always thought it was always, it was always a bit crap that Winston comes so late in the movie, isn't it? It's just like, and he's a great character. Um, yeah. And, and it's just a shame that he, he isn't in it more. Um, but yeah, it's all, I always thought like that because he always, he comes literally bang halfway through the movie, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, but he's awesome. And and it is so much better when there's four of them. When Goza comes out and it starts, you have to choose, and you can see little Ray's eyes moving about, <laughs> and it's like you have chosen. Uh, we haven't chosen. 
again when I was a child. I never really understood that bit when I was a young young. I was like, what what do I mean? Why why suddenly is there a big marshmallow? I never really got the reason why he why he's there. I was like, I just always want to kill. I was like, oh cool, massive marshmallow man. Yeah, same as when I was a kid. It was there's a fucking giant marshmallow. That is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Never, do you, you know, we haven't got Stay Puft Marshmallows in this country, so we haven't got this fucking sailor, but as soon as you saw that, you knew what Stay Puft Marshmallow was. Mm-hmm. It was genius marketing. It was so fucking cool. And seeing that big thing come through New York City is awesome. And it is the best thing to choose. And his little story about, you know, when they were toasting over fire, it's fucking great. Um, Can you imagine if they fought us something else? <laughs> That was always the discussion when we were kids, though. It's like, what yeah. if he did this? What if he did that? It's like, fuck. So cool. But, yeah, that scene when they, you know, cross the streams and they shouldn't cross the streams. And uh, it, it's so incredible. And, like, it's so joyous, like, all of it, from them fighting Goza to being, like, heroes of the city. And, and then, like, finishing it with, like, that fucking great soundtrack. Oh, it's fucking, it's such a cool movie. I love it when the state puff finally explodes as well. And his face is like, behind him, like with his mouth open screaming. And then he explodes, but it like, it literally goes all over the crowd. And I love the bit where, uh, what a peck's out there, isn't he? And it's fucking like, literally covered. It's brilliant. <laughs> love it. Yeah. And they're all covered in marshmallow. And I love the way as well, like, cause you think Dana's dead. Yeah, well, I always thought that when I was a kid. And then the way they break them out of that thing is really cool, how they're stone. There is something really cool about the way they break them out. Yeah, it's like really, really weird, isn't it? They're just like, oh, it's like a shell, and they break it off. Everything about it, there's not one misbeat in this movie. Not one. No, I think it's, it's a great movie. It's perfect. It is a perfect movie. It really is. I would definitely agree with you with that one. Epitome of perfect. Yeah. Right. So let's there hear some... no other to compete. Let's hear some maps facts. You want to hear some maps Oh, okay. Oh, I'm excited. This is interesting because I, I found out a lot, quite a few things I didn't even know. So my fact number one, this is originally obviously like come from Dan Aykroyd. Like it comes from a background of his father as well into supernatural stuff and everything like that. So originally, I mean, he wrote it and it was a long thing like script and it was quite far-fetched and it was like set in space and all this other kind of stuff um however however it was all rewritten and everything but anyway regardless of all that the original cast this was originally written for eddie murphy john belushi and dan Aykroyd. that was going to be the original three that's what it was going to be but sadly john john belushi died like two years before they made it and I think Eddie Murphy walked in the end. Did he? So obviously, yeah, they had to go back to the, the drawing board. And that's when they signed up Bill Murray. Um, and Al, Al Remus came on board um, and said, oh, there's no one else that can play this role. I'm going to play it. But his role was going to possibly be play, played by uh, Christopher Walken. That was... Uh, oh, wow. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Goldblum was another one they bought. Which you think? Well, yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, maybe Christopher Walken's a bit of a, a bit interesting. Yeah, yeah Jeff Goldblum, definitely. <laughs> so you probably already know this, but Ghostbusters 
was actually going to be called Ghost Breakers. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, I do. Um, so yeah, Ghost, apparently Ghostbusters was owned by um, a TV show that was made by Filmation that made the He-Man TV show, but mm. they, they worked it out in the end and uh, luckily they've got Ghostbusters. Nice. Um, originally, uh, John Candy was going to be cast as uh, Lewis Tully. <sighs> okay. Would have been a bit different. Apparently, he wanted to do something different, um, but um, and then he dropped out because he he wanted to do something different. And good, good that he did really. But I love John Candy, but Rick Moranis is brilliant. Um, this is fucking weird. So you know, Goza. Yeah. Originally, they were thinking of having Pee Wee Herman play that part. <laughs> <laughs> How weird would have that been? How crazy like, is that? Look, it's weird because he obviously did the voice for Flight of the Navigator, didn't he? Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's oh. true. So Slimer um, was made um, and apparently there's loads of rumours saying it's, it, they, they wanted it based kind of him to look a bit like John Belushi. Um, okay. So the creator was like told this apparently two nights before he had to present Slimer after he'd already made it. And apparently uh, it comes to light that he didn't actually make any changes to Slimer to make him look like John Belushi like they wanted. And he just presented it anyway and he said, oh, yeah, there is such a likeness to John Belushi. But when you actually look at it, um, how he acts and stuff, it, it is apparently like a character that John Belushi played in Animal House. Nice. Um, so there's a, like a little touch there because Dan Aykroyd wanted to pay like tribute to him and stuff because he was supposed to be in the movie. Uh, apparently Sigourney Weaver came up with the kind of idea of the possession and the the kind of dog-like creatures, which is quite really? interesting. Oh, wow. That um, the Ivan uh, Reitman just kind of said that sounds like a good idea. In, in her auditions, apparently, um, she got on top of his uh, coffee table on all fours and started barking <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> so she, she got the job, apparently. Um, another okay. little fact is... Uh, you know the the, the uh, demonic voice of uh, Dana when she's like, "There is no Dana." Um, that was actually the voice of Ivan Reitman. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. Voice, which was which was uh, there's no Dana, which was quite cool. This was the highest grossing comedy of all time until Home Alone came along in 1990. That's a long time. Good reign, six years. Yeah. Not bad, is it? Not bad. And uh, the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man was three different suits, apparently all costing 20 grand each, <laughs> and they got destroyed in the movie whilst filming, all three suits. Wow. They probably wouldn't last now anyway. They'd probably all fall apart because they probably made out of latex and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, this last um, kind of one, is not to end on a down note, but I saw that um, kind of program. You know the programs we, the, where they recap the, on movies that made us. Yeah, movies that made us. And there's a really cool interview with um, with Hal Remus's daughter at the end, and she was saying how um, after Ghostbusters, Hal Remus made Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Yeah. And nobody knows why they fell out or what reason. Probably it's probably out there somewhere. But they fell out quite badly, and uh. they, they didn't make up. And she said her father used to have um, dreams about them being friends again. I think it really affected him quite a lot because they were quite close and stuff. And it's really weird because um, Bill Murray heard that he was really ill and that, that 
he wanted to meet him again to talk. So Bill Murray didn't know where he he didn't know where he actually lived, where his house was. So he went to the local police office officer's place in in the town where where Hal Remus lived, and said, "You've got to take me to him because I I got to meet him because I don't want him to die before I don't see him and talk to him." So they did a police escort to his house. And uh, he got to meet Ivan. Ivan. He got to meet Harold Remus, um, and they apparently um, talked for ages, and obviously ironed out whatever problems, and just reminisced and everything. And then two days after he left, uh, Harold Remus passed away. Oh, that's really sad. (laughs) It's sad, but then it's also really yeah, because they obviously he got to meet him, and they've made up and stuff. And but I felt that was really, really kind of like. It just it just sums up, doesn't it, that kind of the relationships they had, because obviously they were all kind of like connected through Saturday Night Live and everything like that. Um, but yeah, they must have been all close and stuff. But that was a, a touching end to it, I thought. But yeah, really that's all my Matt's facts. Thank you for that. I really enjoyed them. That was lush. It's a great movie. Glad we picked it, and obviously to rate this bad boy. I mean, like we said before, it's a perfect movie. It epitomates the 80s, and this is why we do this podcast. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. What about you? 10 out of 10. 10 <laughs> out of 10. 10 brass out of 10 all day. All day, sir. All day. Right. That was absolutely stunning. That was a pleasure. And I'm yes. um, glad you picked it, mate. I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, because watching that just uh, was a, a, another treat. And I... And I'm not going to leave it as long to rewatch it again because it was fucking awesome. Shit, you're yeah. right, mate. Uh, it really made me fall in love with it all over again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, next episode's Moving from the Vault. It's over to you. What have you got for us? It is over to me. It's Christmas. And... <laughs> It was my pick on Christmas last time, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was. So, I mean, this one's a long time coming. And you know what I'm going to pick, because we haven't done this. It's a Christmas film, Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night. Fucking it's got to be done, because we, we haven't, I've not seen it. Have you seen it? The original one? Yeah. I think so. I've got, man, I possibly, I've got a, quite a few. Because I definitely have not seen Christmas horror movie. movies and stuff. I think so. I've got, I've got, maybe I've got Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 or a remake it's or something quite like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it'd be, you know, when, when I do get to pick the Christmas horror movie, you know, I'm, I'm gunning for Jack Frost. So, but yeah. Jack <laughs> Frost? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Have you seen Jack Frost? Yeah, I got it on DVD. Is that the one with Michael Keaton in it? Yeah, no, not that one. Shannon, it's got Shannon Elizabeth in it. She gets she gets uh, raped by a snowman in the, in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Mate, it's fucking wrong. We can pick that one if you want. No, we'll, we'll do that when it's my pick one year, maybe next year. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. Sun nights, deadly night, great, great <laughs> Christmas pick. <laughs> Sounds very Christmassy. <laughs> Uh, okay that's quality um, thank you for that so that's episode 92 done thanks to everyone for listening 
Um, we'll be here for our episode 93 for our Christmas episode and then our, on to our roundup. But we got our main review with, uh, a Nicholas, another Nicholas Cage potential butte, uh, prisoners as prisoner of Ghostland. And Matt's just pulled out an absolute treat, Silent Night, Deadly Night. And I guess there's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreathPod at Hotmail.com. <laughs>